Yeehaw. Oh, yeah. You're a Southern belle now. Howdy, y'all. That was good. Everybody was saying y'all. Like, everywhere. Do y'all need anything else? You have a great Southern accent. Yeah. I didn't know this Can about you. Can I get you. y'all the brisket? <laughs> <laughs> no one said that. Okay, one person. No, actually, they said... I'm sorry to break what it to y'all. What is brisket? I'm sorry to break it to y'all, but the brisket sold out. Oh. The brisket was sold God out. God damn it. <laughs> they managed to get even I like a tiny little sliver. Um, What is brisket? That's a good question, but it's like a smoked meat. I don't know. It was so soft. It was. It's meat? I no, thought it was bread. Kate. No, it's meat. But, oh, you act as if I should have known this. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I don't know any culture that eats brisket. Southern. Southern, Southern culture. It's like Southern comfort. I should know this. It I would, go to Kentucky. No, no, no. Katie, that's what, when we go to Kentucky, we're get. I am going to find. We're getting a brisket? We, we're getting barbecue. Because you haven't gone to bar barbecue since you've been. No, I have. I just Kentucky. don't love it as much as you we do. We need to try fried chicken in Kentucky. Kentucky I haven't fried that. chicken. That's a KFC thing. Yeah, Kentucky fried chicken. Kentucky don't put their fried chicken. Oh. Reply if I'm wrong. <laughs> Tweet. It's Reply. like a McDonald's, bro. I don't know. I think it's called Kentucky Fried Chicken for, for a reason. No, for sure. Probably like started in Kentucky. Like, you know, but. We got to go to a KFC in Kentucky. All right, I'll find one for you. Happy Thursday, everybody. This has been the longest fucking short week of my goddamn life. I'm so sorry. That was so aggressive and so the many longest. curse words. No, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm on the same page as I you. just needed to express it like properly. You know what? This interview comes at a really good time because Kate and I just had about a four-hour discussion on um, mental health. Yeah, we did. People trying to mess with your peace. And check on your friends. Check on your friends. You never know. You never know. But we checked on each other and we're fine. No, we're fine. (laughs) But people are trying to mess with us. Oh, they don't have a chance. No, like, let me just make this very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Let Let me hold on. Let me turn you up a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> you cannot get anything by the two of us. I just want to make that clear. Like, you think the CIA is good? Mariana is better. I'm <laughs> so loud. No, it's true, though. Like, <laughs> these people, man. But yeah, just, you know, check on your friends. Check on your mental well-being. If someone's tampering with your mental health, call us. Call us. We have solutions. Just like, you know, give yourself a second to breathe. Yeah. Pop off if you have to. Maybe I like to pace. Pace it out. Yeah. Scream it out. Well, because sometimes I get so flustered that, like, my whole body starts, like, shaking. and no, my, I can't sit My still. heart is beating so hard that I, like, feel like it's literally going to, like, knock out my computer. I hate when you get so angry that you just, like, feel it in your veins. Yeah. And you're, like, the term blood boil, like, when my blood is boiling. Oh, Yeah. It is it's real. so accurate. No, you feel, my cheeks get hot. Like yeah. my cheeks literally get hot. Yeah. But. Yeah, so our blood boils. Um, and that just tells you, that just gives you a little insight into where we were at. But we feel much better mental health wise now that we've checked on each other. Yes. And we've got it all out. And, oh, before we get into the interview, I'll do a quick little Austin recap. Oh, yeah. So. Mars was in Austin. I was in, in Austin, Texas. Anyone didn't know from our our southern intro. Yeah. So, yeah, Mars, actually, fill me in. How was um, Austin? Everybody was very nice. The food was insane. Amazing. 
incredible. Okay, good to know. Incredible. Like, I tagged all the restaurants I went to on my Instagram, but, um, like, the Mexican food is really, really good there. They have, oh, like, Tex-Mex. I, yeah. That was amazing. Like, we had bone marrow tacos at this restaurant called Commodore, which was sick, sick. Best fish tacos that I had ever had. I, is Commodore a chain in the South? I don't know. Then we also went to the Commodore Perry Estate, which is an auberge. What? Auberg, auberge. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. You know, like the auberge hotels, A-U-B-E-R-G-E. Yeah, You've seen it before. It's like a luxury hotel line. But I don't know how to pronounce you like it. Auberge. Auberge. I don't think it's French, though. Auberge. I don't know. You're making it sound more, more I feel French. like it is French. I don't know. We went to the Commodore Paris State and a Bilge restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that was stunning. And it was like a farm table restaurant there. It was sick. Homemade bread. Sick. Um, it has to be auberge. Yeah. Because it's not auberg. No. Homemade <laughs> butter, like everything. Um, oh, the wow. barbecue food was sick. And you loved barbecue. And then it was cool. They had a, they definitely do. And I think because it's like such a like poppy trendy city popping trending city and I do think a lot of people from LA and California moved moved there so there's definitely a very LA vibe to it um obviously also like a lot of LA spots have moved there like there's an in and out there's Alfred's coffee which sun life there's sun life we went to sun life like every day Alfred's I was so shocked when you posted yeah when even I passed it and I was like we're going (laughs) I was like Eve this is gonna change your life uh we didn't make it to in and out Somewhere else we really wanted to go, Whataburger. I always Dying. see, like, Southern influencers post about Dying it. Dying to try Whataburger. Is there one in Kentucky? Probably. In the Can whole state? Can we please Probably. go to, to one in Kentucky? I'm so upset I didn't make it to Whataburger. I think it's Whataburger. Whataburger? Yeah, Whataburger. 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 Yes, there is. Yeah. Okay, we're definitely going. Um... Okay, they're even, like, in Florida. I don't know why I'm out here thinking that it's so unique. Um, So. Wait, yeah. I You know what? I forget Florida's part of the South. I know. No, we passed it, and I was like, wow. And then their nightlife is definitely interesting, though. It's not really our vibe. It's very um. Oh, bars. my God. Do people line dance? Yeah, they're called honky-tonks. Oh, I have to go. We were sitting next to, oh, my God. We were sitting next to these girls. We went to this, like, very trendy, cool drink spot. Wait, bro, I have to go. We're sitting next to these girls, and they're like, I'm like, Eve, do you think these girls are Southern Bells? She's like, yeah, because Austin's weird, because it's like a very, like. No, it's a city. Cool. It's very much so a city. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't think a lot of the people from there are, like, authentic Southerners. So, even I were, like, on the hunt for them, and I'm like, do you think these girls are legit? So, we, like, are listening I in on their I also don't think they're all, like, the stereotype. No, I also don't city. think that they're hanging out in the places that, we were going to. They're probably going to the honky tonks and like yeah, like the local the local spots. Yeah. So, um, you were listening to the girls. We the were bells. listening to the girls, and like one of the girls is like, "Have you ever been to the rodeo? I love going to the rodeo." Oh, they had an accent. My uncle takes me to the rodeo, and I was like, "Eve, I'm literally about to jump in the river." Like, I cannot believe that we found real Southern bells. She was raving about the rodeo. I'm like, "That's a real thing." I was like, "No, no, I couldn't breathe. I lost it." Wait, I want to go to a rodeo. I want to go to the rodeo. I want my uncle to take me to the rodeo. I want to go to a rodeo. I want to go to a honky tonk. I want a line dance. I said to Eve, I feel like rodeos are Greek versions of like panigidis. Like, 
I literally think that's what it is. So if we have any Southern Greek listeners, let me know if that was an accurate comparison because I think it's really spot on. Yeah. yeah. So like it was cool to get a little bit of a Southern taste, but even I didn't really explore that area because I was just like, I was honestly a little nervous. Like I was like a little like the idea of a cowboy sounds really nice, but I was like a little scared of like the cowboy bars. I'm like, what if they're like too cowboy and like well you know what scares me is that like you're allowed to bring your gun oh every single thing every single like building had a sign outside of it that was like yeah feel free walk in with your gun yeah like i don't know if i need to be in a bar i don't know if i want like an angry cowboy scares the fucking shit out of me yeah who's like definitely strapped um but yeah and then one thing i do have to just touch on because we did not know this um so west 6th street is where a lot of bars are okay but again they're like they're bar like it's it's a bar city so yeah. it's like people are saying like oh you got to go out here you got to go out here like we tried and like it's their bars like yeah like Scottsdale I'm thinking right where I f- yes where I feel like we're more into like lounges or like yeah. chill drink yeah. spots like there was a Soho house there like that was perfect we found this other place called Codependent definitely go their cocktail menu is insane and like very cool vibe disco yeah. ball like chill music um but. So everyone was like, you have to go to West 6th Street. So one day during the day, I was like, let's just like explore 6th Street just to like see what it's like. Eve said her boss told her that East 6th Street is really dangerous. Of course, like our. You go to East. Us idiots. Yeah, we were like. We were like, we think we went West enough and we didn't see anything. So let's start walking East. Like maybe we missed it. It was so sketchy. Yeah. Like there was one homeless guy that I was like, he might be dead or alive. I don't know. There were, like, people shooting up. There were, like... Oh, you were, like, in the tenderloin of- And then it wasn't even, it wasn't even, like, commercial anymore. Like we were, yeah, and I was like, Eve, I think we got to turn around. Like, this is no joke. We're just, like, prime yeah. targets right now. Yeah. Like, this is just not the vibe. Um, So we got really scared of that. So then we got so traumatized from that that we didn't go to 6th Street. But then the next day we were, like, walking around. And it was Sunday. And we were, like so confused because we were talking to people that we met at the lounge the night before and they were like go to 6th street and we were like why like this place is such a vibe went to the wrong place so we went to check it out the next day and they were right it was more of a vibe but like still like more sports bars like that kind of a vibe go to the austin proper hotel for drinks and you could even do dinner there but like the bar there was sick it was like it's the same owners as like the mount uh Santa Monica proper. Oh yes, hotel. yes, yes. So no, it definitely was very cool. It had a very LA vibe to it. I very replied cool to city. your story for that one. You said you were like, this yes. is the same best dirty martini I had had like in a really long time. Wow. I, we, I was drinking a lot of dirty martinis. Wow, yeah. Wow. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I woke up literally like a pufferfish every day. Yeah, <laughs> but it was but if really I'm in fun. Texas and Austin, like. I want a honky tonk and I want a sports bar. Yeah, and I want that's the only thing. I wish we did go to a honky tonk, but I just oh, think well, we I were so traumatized now. from mm-hmm. East Sixth Street that we were like, let's just not do anything outside of our comfort zone or that. <laughs> but it was cool. I fuck with the South and very walkable city. Love that. Very walkable. We love to get our steps in. Um. Well, thanks for the recap. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, now for our interview segment with Max Stalsol, who was named by Forbes as one of the best storytellers of the year. He just came out with Words That Move, and it is the first of its kind stand-up poetry special that was 
directed by Erin Richards, who's best known for playing Barbara Keene in the television series Gotham on Fox, where she directed the 100th episode. Erin also directed an episode of the hit TV series God Friended Me on CBS and is in the latest season of The Crown. Where's That Move is now out. We will actually post the trailer or at least a link to the trailer. I think it might be too long to post on our Instagram um max's short films have all been viewed and loved by millions and millions of people he has won multiple awards at multiple film festivals um he is a native and true new yorker stay tuned to hear his whole story it's very interesting how he got into this line of work um and he does focus on a lot of mental health which is very in line with this wellness quarter of ours and at the very end of the interview, we do run through all of the five Fs. And he gives us a little sneaky peeky. Yes, he does. One of his one sets. One of his sets, yeah. And it's so good. It got us. Yeah. Yeah, it no, was really he was, good. He was amazing. And like the way he does it and like. So unique. Yeah. Very, very cool. It was a really, very cool interview. I really yeah. enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Super interesting. So stay tuned for Max. And just continue to stay tuned and follow us for more on Instagram. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? My name is Max Stossel. Uh, I am from the Upper West Side of New York and lived in Brooklyn most of my life, Live uh, living in L.A. right now. Uh, and I'm a poet and filmmaker, and I am a communicator at heart. I feel very passionate about getting the essence of an idea from wherever it comes from to wherever it wants to go. So when you say essence of an idea when you think of like the word essence or like the essence of someone's being or what it is that you're like trying to get across what does that I guess look like to you like how how do you try to communicate that through to an audience there's no way that can be easy so if for me I have felt most connected to that through poetry and I love performing it live and when Mm -hmm. I do that I can feel the essence of a message land and then people would say, hey, Kate, wow, could you send me that poem? And then I'd write out the words on a little email, and I would be about to send the email. And I'd be like, I don't think this is what they're asking for. So then you're not asking for the words. There's like a, an oomph, it's something invisible, something that really matters to me here that isn't transmitting. And the whole process of trying to turn it into films for me was how can I help transmit that thing? Uh, and yeah, it's not easy. It's really hard. And I think it takes a lot of very close attention and presence and care Mm-hmm. And that it's very easy for it to fall through the cracks, both in regular conversation and in art. And I really care about delivering it. So interesting. So, I mean, it's not every day that you meet a poet or a filmmaker. Um, you said you grew up in the city. Do how exactly, first of all, how exactly did you get into poetry and filmmaking? And do you feel like 
Obviously, New York is a really creative, artistic city. Uh, there's a lot of artists here. Do you feel like that kind of was part of your interest in it? So I heard I was in New York City when I heard a poet perform in someone's living room and my arms were buzzing. And I was like, why are my arms buzzing? And they kept buzzing. And I was on the way home trying to figure out why they were buzzing. And I pulled out my phone notepad. It wasn't something I had done before. And I started writing, just trying to figure that out. Wow. And the first two lines of what I wrote rhymed. And I was like, ah, I can do this. Uh, and I finished that as a poem. And then I ran into that poet. His name is Inq. He's a friend and mentor still today. And I was like, hey, I wrote a thing after your performance. Do you want to hear it? And he's like a very chill, kind of cool guy. He's like, okay, what's up? Um, and I shared it for him. He was like, you should consider pursuing this. And yeah, here we are eight, nine years later, and it's become something of a career. Wow. So how old were you when that all happened? Um, I believe I was 22 or 23. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were young. Did you study like writing and poetry or anything of that nature? I studied economics and psychology. Wow. <laughs> and, and I was a jock for most of my childhood. If like was soccer was my life. And then I graduated from college playing college soccer and was like, oh my God, I spent so much time doing this thing that I'm not going to do anymore. What is going on? It was, if you had told that version of me, I was going to be a poet. He would have looked like you looked at you like he was crazy. Like right. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a non-traditional career path. So in terms of um, your job and you do poetry, filmmaking, and speaking, what would you say is your favorite if you had to pick one or like the favorite part about your career in general? Performing for sure. Live is where I can feel it all happening. Um, the mm -hmm. rest feels like work and it feels like hard work. Making the films feels really like hard work. Making this special was hard work. It was stressful. I am an anxious person being a Jew from the Upper West Side of New York City. Um, but I definitely find the process of turning it into a film is not, oh, look how fun I get to do this. It's this thing came through and I really want to honor it. Am I honoring it? Am I doing it justice? And it's just more of like a stress process if I really hope that that's happening. Um, I don't think that comes through. I don't think you feel the stress when you're watching it. I think it feels very good when you're watching it. Mm -hmm. But it's a very stressful creative process for me, the filmmaking. But writing is beautiful and performing it just feels alive and in my element on stage. And I really love that. How would you say performing is different or is it different at all in New York versus LA? It's just like a lot of my, a lot of my work is just like references subway or New York things or right. moments. And I like when it's, I like when it's seen and heard and like really felt mm -hmm. little things of like, how it feels when you swipe a Metro card and it doesn't go through. And those annoyances are things that a lot of LA people know too, because there's a lot of back and forth, but uh, yeah, New York feels gritty and honest in LA. You never know if people are gassing you up or not. <laughs> in New York. You really get. <laughs> oh yeah. In New York, you'll be so honest. It's yeah, brutal. I'm like sure. That. Honesty feels closer to communicating in essence. It's very difficult in LA right. to be like, what's really going on with you. Right. So you mentioned your special briefly. Do you mind telling our audience a little bit more about it for anybody who's not familiar? Sure. Uh, so I made something pretty unique and different, which is like a stand-up poetry special. I've had this live show, which is an hour long of me sort of doing kind of poetry comedy combos that I performed at a bunch of theaters in New York, at Cherry Lane, at Joe's Pub, at The Public, um, and did a whole bunch of those before covid and now this is like an adaptation where it's nine poems, each to tell a different story about perspective, looking through some different eyes. And each one has either a different combination of 
like live storytelling that cuts to other scenes, effects and like animations that appear on stage, totally separate animations. Um, and so each one has its own different style and story. And so it's really something different. You can kind of think about it like a stand up poetry, stand up comedy special, but it's like 50% less funny and 70% more profound. Um, and yeah, it's, we just actually premiered it uh, yesterday, two days ago at like this, one of the top indie film festivals and it won, won an award, which is pretty cool. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Another thanks. award to add to your intro. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, I am an, I am an award-winning poet and filmmaker. Right. Um, and yeah, that, uh, that won that award. And I, I believe January 11th, we're going to be putting it out to the world. And I am very excited for it to just be out and people, able, people to be able to have it and experience it as it's been an undertaking for about five years of doing this. Wow. And yeah. Congratulations. Really Thank you. So what would you say? Cause obviously you work in a very creative space and I'm sure you hear it with writers like writer's block or there's just certain times that you go through where it's just hard to think of what you want to write, what you want to perform. Um, is there anything specifically that you do or any part of your life that you feel like really gets your creativity going and whatnot? There are certain friends who I feel like when I talk to for long enough, we reach a place where like the words fall, start to fall short which is often a good time to stop and go off and write. And then sometimes with those same friends come back together. Um, that's one for sure. And actually the subway for me, I love the crowded, like crampedness of everybody's like there and observable and in their own worlds. And I can wow. pop in headphones and like, and jump in and do it. And so those are two environments for me, but also like yeah, in terms of writer's block, it feels like there's been maybe 20 times in my life that something truly beyond me has shot into me and I'm trying to catch it and write it that is truly inspired. And then I can sit and write as often as I want, but I'm not in charge when that shows up. Right. Um, and so how to facilitate that thing. If I knew I would do it way more often, but I think it's my job to just be open to it and to stop whatever the heck it is I'm doing if it happens and honor it with all that I am. Right. Like not forcing, not forcing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. taking advantage, I guess, of when, when it is that you draw inspiration. Yeah. And it's tricky because I don't think that force, I don't think particularly cares whether it makes money or whether how many people see it. It's like mm -hmm. there are ideas that want to be expressed and then all the rest becomes about max and max is not the point, but it all becomes, Oh, how am I leveraging this as opposed to just how does it flow naturally through me? And how can I be a vessel for that? Which sounds like an LA hippie as I say it out loud, but right. I actually do really believe, I believe it. It's just been my experience. So going off of that, do you feel like it's different? Like you said, you, the, um, your special, it was like kind of comedy and poetry mixed. Do you feel like it's different when you're trying to integrate like a comedic aspect to it, um, versus like a deeper, more serious topic? Yeah, I would, I would love it if I were funny. This would all be much easier if I were better at <laughs> writing jokes. The jokes are much harder to come by. Um, and But also sometimes the poems just come out funny. Like sometimes there are moments that just like, oh, a joke kind of landed right in there. But then often because if you're going to watch an hour of poetry, it's like if I say that to you, hey, do you want to watch an hour of poetry? Some part of you very well might be like, oh boy, let's watch an hour of poetry. <laughs> uh, so for it to feel like, fun and like a show and a lie comedy is a very important piece and so for like to help the the medicine go down you need like laugh laughter and levity and so i very carefully structure the show so that like you have 
lighthearted and laughing moments like throughout it in a way so it doesn't feel like I'm intensely speaking at you and, and also like I'm that's not really my style there is you might have heard spoken word that is very like emotions and I'm looking at the green light of this camera and that's what I feel inside um and that's like not as much my style as sort of like observations and storytelling that happens to rhyme it's like we're kind of looking at the world together uh and so I have a little bit of a different different approach than what a lot of people think of as poetry right uh, Interesting. And I guess that's something that kind of sets you and your work apart, especially when you're doing it, you know, when you're performing live. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's like, it's pretty fun. Like in general, coming to it, I, I care and prioritize you having a good time. And so that's, I think, not necessarily the case of all of all poetry that one might go to see. Right. Do you have any like rituals that you perform before performing live? Um, I'll dance backstage because a friend of mine told me that like getting all like the body moving and hips moving warmed up is like a good way to get loose and embodied. Um, I'll usually try to like meditate something like for 15 minutes when I'm back there. Uh, honestly, that's lacking a lot of rituals in my life. Like all these people have these morning routines. I got very little of any of that. I'm just like waking up and being a person. I know. I wish, I wish I was more of that kind of like a morning routine, nighttime routine. I try journaling, <laughs> but I, I, I've tried and it just doesn't stick. I haven't found anything that sticks. So maybe we're all, you know, doing something right here. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cool way of looking at it. Okay. And then would you say you have a favorite piece of yours? I love all my children equally. Um, <laughs> there are, uh, <laughs> There are pieces that like I fall deeper in love with at sometimes more than others. Um, and Subway Love is always one that has a special place in my heart. It was one of the first that like just sort of came through and came through in that environment. And it's always like a nice one to leave people with. So what do you hope people are getting out of words that move? I think it's soul food. People, so we had the screening and people were like kind of coming out with bright eyes and just being like, it just touched me so deeply. And I just like feel I just connected with it so much. And, you know, there's a lot of different messages in the show about mental health, about making women feel safe, about insanity, about love, about like breakups in the age of social media and dealing with that. And there's a whole bunch of different messages in it. And oftentimes people will take one away of like of a memory. But I think most of all, I just hope people feel like seen and connected and I think it does a really good job of that yeah I, you do kind of touch upon very interesting topics that I feel like are so they're very relatable like they, it's not yeah. so abstract like what and you you're putting these relatable topics into like a form of poetry and then you're performing it like it's such a interesting way to kind of marry everything and like then deliver the messages to an audience. And like you said, I guess everybody is going to take something different with them from what it is that you're putting out there. Something's going to resonate yeah. differently to the person sitting next to them in the audience. Yeah. And that's the beauty of art. People get whatever they need from it. Right. So what, and before you tell our listeners where they can find you, um, what would you say? Because I feel like growing up, in school, everyone had to read poetry mm -hmm. along with reading regular books, fiction, nonfiction. Um, what would you say you resonate with the most in terms of the medium that you, I guess, 
absorb the content? Do you feel like it's reading it? Do you feel like it's listening to it? Do you feel like it's watching it um, or watching a performer perform it? Like, what would you say is probably the best? Because, I mean, I'm sure they're all very different, but I feel like even from what I've experienced with poetry specifically, listening to it, I think resonates way more than reading it. Like I remember in school having to read poetry and it, it wasn't, it, it just doesn't have the same effect. I'm the same for sure. Also I'm dyslexic. So just reading is hard for me, period. Um, but it's for sure. Listening is where I take it in. Um, and just so many more connections can happen. My own visualizations, I would much, much, much prefer to hear it or to see it live than I would to read it on the page. Some of that is my literal brains not being able to like grasp it as much. Um, but yeah, like the the audio and the rhyme and rhythm of it, the just the the delivery. Storytelling mm-hmm. was an oral art for so long. People right. sitting around the fires telling stories. And to me, rhyme and rhythm are a helpful tool to like help us listen all the way through a message. Right. So where can everybody find you and your work? And if your special is coming out in January, where can they find that as well? Yeah. Uh, so that will be on at wordsthatmove.com will be where you'll be able to find that. And there'll be a place of special. Make sure it's properly advertised up on there. And I'm Max Dossel. I'm on all the social media things as Max Dossel, even though I hate a lot of them. But every <laughs> once in a while, I'll share something. Um, yeah, that's M-A-X-F-T-O-S-S-E-L and wordsthatmove.com. Okay. And then before we wrap up, we do this segment with all our guests. And since you're from New York, um, it's even it, more fun. It's even more fun. Um, we call it the five Fs and you tell us your favorite food spot in New York your favorite fitness or wellness routine. So it could be, you know, meditating or whatever. Um, A fad that you're either currently loving or hating, fashion. um, And I feel like I'm forgetting one. (laughs) And what you like to do for fun. Um, So we'll start with food, your favorite restaurant in New York. I'm going to go a little bit abstract and say Magnolia's Bakery to get that banana pudding because that is just like my favorite thing i love that so, so good much, and i lose my mind a little bit when that's around do they mm-hmm. have that in la magnolias it wouldn't be the same if they did you know it's like no because like it's a, also not vegan the- you know <laughs> it's not <laughs> healthy you know it's not farm to table banana pudding no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah i love that stuff they even have like they have a joe's pizza which is like a new york thing in la yeah it's wow not this, not it doesn't hit the that. same doesn't hit this. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm sticking with. Magnolia's banana pudding. Okay, what's the second F? Um, the second F. Okay, what do you like to do for fun um, in New York? In New York. Or do you notice something like different, drastically different about like what people like to do for fun in LA versus New York? Um, what do I like to do for fun? Do I notice drastically different? In, in LA, it feels like nobody works. That's an interesting thing about it. Oh, okay. Nobody has a job. It seems like everybody is like <laughs> floating all of the time. It's a strange thing about LA. They also are having a lot of fun. There's a lot more surfing out there, which is fun in LA. You can't do in New York. True. Um, what do I like to do for fun in New York? Aside from ride the subway. <laughs> Aside, which is just an absolute blast. So fun. <laughs> um, 
so I'll tell of a fun New York story, which is like one of my favorite New York moments of fun, which was uh, I was hanging out with these people on Long Island, actually, which is not really count as New York as we know, but it sort of does. Right. Uh, and they were like, oh, I come to a club in New York and I'm not a club goer. That's just not me. But it was like, OK, whatever. It was these these three women that were like, we're all going to this club. Come. And I was like, okay, we're in sandals because there was like a sort of like a beachy party in, in Long Island. And then we arrive at like 23rd Street and they're going to this club. This is a bouncer at the door is like, oh, you're in sandals. You can't come in. And they're like, no, she's like the best dancer in New York. You have to let her. I was like, I don't think that's what gets people into club. Right. But then he's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. And then we all get into this club and, you know, started to dance a little bit. And then I quickly look around and realize, oh, I'm the only person in here that is not a professional dancer. Um, and everybody is like absolutely just like flinging each other all over the place <laughs> and these combinations of like samba and all of this different stuff. And I sat like mouth gaping for three hours. It's like on 23rd and 8th was this like dance club of just like hardcore dancers that I didn't know existed. And I just I do think it is incredibly fun to watch anybody masterful at anything just doing what they do yeah. so well. And I was just sitting there literally, I think, for three hours at the bar, just like watching these these people dance so impressively and it was a beautiful new york moment of just like these little niches and communities that you walk by every day and wouldn't even know exist and they're right under your nose right Mm -hmm. that is really cool that is a good story that's so new york that's like one of those things that people are like that only happens yeah well even one time we were walking around like the like by like ludlow street and there's a little place there i think it's Papa Tool, and it was like oh, everyone yeah. was like salsa dancing, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, this looks so fun!" Um, but yeah, so it's something different. that you'll definitely only see in New York. Um, That's a good one. That's a really good fun story. Okay, a fad that you're either loving or hating right now. The fad that I'm hating is social media. I was gonna say it could be social media. <laughs> That's the one that I'm hating. I'm hoping that it dies off completely and altogether, but I don't think it's gonna really go that way. I think it's probably gonna stick around. I think, um, unfortunately, I agree. Though gonna... I go through my my Instagram detoxes pretty regularly. Do. I think people aren't. Is there a dog in your lap right there now? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be strange on audio. Um, I. Yeah, I don't think we're aware of how intensely it's changing, like the way we literally see each other in the world and like how we interact and relate and how the moment things are a little bit uncomfortable or awkward, we're all just pulling out the phone and checking Instagram or whatever it is. And yeah, I don't like what it's done to people. And I would like for that fad to end. And I don't think it will. I agree. I think like it's it's so weird when you look around like a restaurant and mm-hmm. a dinner table and everyone's on their phone. It's just like it's taken away a lot from just people living in the moment or even like like it's such a shame because I feel like you always think, oh, my my best nights, you don't get any pictures or videos or like there's so many moments where I've been like, I want to videotape it, but I also want to be present. Yeah. So you have to pick and choose um, where I feel like before it was like you didn't even have the option. So it, you were just present in the moment. And most people are picking film instead of be present, which right. doesn't feel like the long-term meaningful choice to me. Right. One man. Yeah. Um, That's a fair argument against social media. Yeah. No, I have to say, Thank I you. think- Thank you very much. I think it has its benefits, but I think I, I do 
kind of think the cons might outweigh the pros. And I just agree that people don't realize because I think I'm one of those people like I typically don't realize the like overwhelming effect it has on every aspect of everyone's life until like you really sit and think about it. Well, I, it's funny. I even think of it like just in general, what smartphones have done to our generation. Like just to log into my, my company's online network. I need an app on my phone. Like what if I didn't have a smartphone? Like how would I get in? You just think of it. Everyone's just under the assumption that everyone has a smartphone. Yeah. It's eaten the world for sure. Yeah. It's hard. It's, I think it's always the work of a lifetime to learn to be internally motivated and not let everybody else's stuff so deeply influence how we act. And if you were to try to build a machine to make that as hard as possible, good luck making a better machine to make that as hard as possible than this constant self-comparison machine of social media of what's everybody else doing? How am I doing compared to everybody else? Like, did I get more whatever on this than I got on the last post? And, oh, wow, creatively, I really like this, but it's not getting as much engagement because they changed something in the algorithm. But now I feel like people don't like me anymore. Just it's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Excited for the end of that fat. Yeah. 2023 is the year. Everyone stops using social media. Right. Heard it here first. (laughs) When Um, you do your specials or like your, um, I guess, I don't know what the right term for it would be like segments, I guess, of your performances. I know one of your mm -hmm. topics is mental health. Does social media come out a lot in those um, types of performances or topics in your work? I definitely have. I have full sets like around what technology is doing to society. It's like 25-ish minutes of poetry on that stuff. And so I definitely do do a bunch of that. So you would call it a set, not a segment? Sure. What do you say? What are words anyway? What do they really matter? (laughs) Is that another set? (laughs) (laughs) It could be. It could be. Um, um, yeah. Would you like to hear one on that topic? We would love to. Yeah. Okay. Um, is this improv? It's not improv. I'm going to dig one up. Okay. And I'll do one that I, uh, this one is not in the special, but I'll do one that I, uh, I wrote after going to Disney world as an adult, which is not necessarily an experience I recommend, even though I absolutely <laughs> loved the Disney movies as a kid growing up. I thought they were wonderful. Um, actually my sister's turns out this wasn't true, but my sister told me I was named after the dog and the little mermaid that she had naming rights. And I'm max after the dog and the little mermaid, Oh my God! Eric, <laughs> Eric after the prince and the little mermaid turns out that I was actually like three when that movie came out. So the story doesn't check out, <laughs> but she told me, she told, I believed that for most of my life. That's so <laughs> right. funny. Um, she told you that. And, uh, but yeah, there's this, you know, you put on these VR type headsets and you're looking around inside these Disney movies that I love for as a kid. If you haven't tried on VR, very visually engaging. You have these big headphones on, the audio feels like you're there. Then you dive into the Little Mermaid and they drop water from the ceiling. Oh my God. And so I felt like I saw the future at Disney World and it wasn't real. Or not like I know real. Not like we've defined real, but I dove into the virtual sea and I felt the water splash across my face. I heard the ocean in my ears. I saw a mermaid singing right in front of me and I could touch. Well, right through her. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? And I can't be the only one to see the irony that she wants to be. Where the people are. She wants to see them, see them dancing. But as a representative sample, it's supposed to be dancers. 
We're fine. Thank you. Content here in our minds. Thank you. Let's turn reality to channel 259. Thank you. Walking around on the, what are they called again? Who remembers? We never use them anymore. Scene change to behind Aladdin and Jasmine on their magic carpet ride. And as I marvel at this new fantastic point of view, I realize love could live here too. I could build a whole new world with you, adventure with you, fly through skies of green and trees of blue. This shining, shimmering, splendid gift is now available for just $19.99 when Squarespace meets Oculus Rift. Scene change to the African plains to where Simba and Nala are playfully playing. So close that I'm literally part of their game, but I can't quite feel the wrestling. Not yet. But give it time, we're still developing. We'll make simulation much more like the real thing. You'll have complete control over everything because we just can't wait to be king. We just can't wait to rule over the worlds we create rather than participate in the one we share. And we'll be able to build our own world soon. Let's have tea in Morocco this afternoon. This evening, I'll build you a palace on the moon and we'll sip soup on silver spoons. And for dessert, we'll have gravity removed. We'll flip through the cosmos with oxygen tubes, have a jig of the physics on Mars and Neptune to make them more suitable for you. Our minds' worlds have different rules. No longer by atmosphere, nature's limitations wiped clear. You can just turn people on and off from here. So by reality channel 8,365, my world only touched by those I decide. I'm completely immersed in the confines of my own mind, opposing ideas left wiped aside. But maybe eventually we'll come to find that we needed each other this whole damn time. Maybe this world we're the tiniest piece of has a system of balance we would never dream of, pushing us somewhere we won't consciously scheme up. Maybe we shouldn't have so much power. Maybe going forwards is backwards. Maybe we should go lie in the grass and make love without glasses, even if it only stimulates orgasm classic. I want to be where the people are, up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun. Wandering free. Wish I could be. Sing it if you know it. A part of <laughs> your world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that song. Oh my God, that wow. was very cool. I really yeah. liked that. Thank you. That yeah, was amazing. The future of tech. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so cool too, because like A, I could obviously visualize what you were like trying to get across but also i didn't even realize you were like in it in the beginning i think i was literally yeah, like the transition to you yeah it's very cool that's one of my sort of that's the piece of my style specifically is we'll talk we're talking and that's what the show and is then, the yeah. a little bit of talk and and then we're in the poem yeah, wow I like that too wow that was really thank, thank you. you thank you okay okay so the third f the third f not fashion back. fashion your favorite or least favorite fashion trend? So I think it's a little bit weird that I have a body at all and that it needs to have clothes on it. So I'm not the most fashionable human being. No, but I that was a, a lovely, good response in and of itself. I have a lovely girlfriend who takes me shopping and tells me what does <laughs> does not look good and presentable. And I have, but it's like always, I just want to wear the same things just about every day. And I want to not make fashion statements. I just want to appear in a way that does not hinder my being able to connect with people around. Okay. So like just a simple look. Simple looks. Yeah. Okay. So you have a personal stylist. Yeah. That I happen to be, <laughs> dat- that I happen to be dating. That you happen to be Perfect. dating too. 
fitness or wellness Mm -hmm. is the last one. Your favorite either fitness or wellness ritual or routine. Soccer still got to go with that one. Sports. I am deeply competitive and I always like just helps me. If I have to run, I don't want to do it. If you're chasing, chasing a ball. Great. I'll run all day. No problem. Okay. Max, thank you so much. That was, we got a great little teaser at the end. Yeah, for sure. I'll see you around the city. Yes. Yes.